I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre. Of the same genre. And watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally good time of day to wherever you're listening to us. It could be morning, could be afternoon, could be evening. I just think I've run the gamut of times a day there. Um, (laughs) But whatever time you plug us into your ears, it's bound to be the best part of your day, right? You are really obsessed with being into ears. You say it a lot. You say a lot of things about being in your ears, into ears. Well, I would be in people's eyes or in their faces if we could do this as a VOD. Yeah, I don't fancy VODs. I don't think we're made for VODs. No, No, we're much happier here in Podland. Yes. Hello, Ben. Hello, Jono. Nice to see you, man. You too, man. It's uh, it's been a it's been a few weeks. I've been in Russia. You've been in Cornwall. Yeah. Not too similar. No. But uh, we've bo- we've both been busy, and we've once again that has delayed the pod record for longer than we'd like. Yeah, but you know it's like a fine wine; it just gets better with age. <laughs> Although actually, we didn't make the recording, so that doesn't really work. <laughs> so tell us, Benjamin, However, what subjects are we doing this time? Well. Before we touch on what we're doing this time, I need to do a quick sort of re-rewind back to last week, where I have a sort of like, or last episode even, I have a sort of confession, but it's not really a confession because I didn't know. That's the honest truth, Your Honour. I know what's coming. uh, But what I have done is bear out your review massively. So yes, the movie you watched, Viral, even despite your sort of like, you know, slightly lukewarm review, I still loved the poster. I still loved the idea of it. And I sat down to watch it. And it was not 10 minutes in. It was not 20 minutes in. It was about 40 minutes in where I went, oh, I've seen this. <laughs> but as you said in your review, it's utterly forgettable. It really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a sort of niggling feeling early on, but it took me a little while until I went, oh, they're going to go to a party in an abandoned house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, seen this. Really forgettable. No idea how it ends. So I sort of, I just watched it on fast forward for the rest because I realised that actually, you know, it's definitely not a movie that bore watching twice. No. Uh, but yeah, so I, but even when you gave me that review and you told me about it, I still <laughs> did no it didn't idea. Bring any actually seen it. Yeah, That's it's what's really funny. <laughs> for a start, I'm quite pleased, really, because it does bear out the truth of my review. It shows that my review was right on the money that time. That it is a forgettable film, which is... Utterly forgettable. <laughs> yeah. But also it means that, in fact, in last week's episode of three films, you had already seen two of them. Well, I've already seen three of them. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> I'd seen every film in last last episodes. No, but, but the point but... is that, like, yeah, you, but the point is we always try and choose films we've not seen. And in your review yeah. of Phase Whatever, it turned out you had already seen that as a kid. And you had already oh, seen Oh, I see what you mean, yes. Oh yeah, but I had no chance of remembering. <laughs> I I've got about that. Uh, yeah. That's now four films between in our entire gamut, which um, we've, yeah. we've seen because I'd already seen Cherry Two Thousand, Cherry Two Thousand, and Once Bitten. Ah uh, yes, there yeah, we go, yeah. marvelous. Well, anyway, this time round, I got a bunch of films that I ser- I certainly hadn't seen because you picked coming of age movies. I did. And I was slightly worried about it because, uh, just because, well, it's such a white, you know, I mean, if if every film, if every character has a journey on a film, it feels like so many films 
could be described as coming of age movies but oh, then yeah. at the same time there are certain films that seem to lean oh i don't know i didn't have too much tr- trouble finding quite well, a lot no, of this is the nice on, thing on netflix we were spoiled for choice yeah we really were where sometimes we're sort of scratching around going oh actually this genre we thought would be quite plentiful yeah. is a bit of a barren wasteland like creature features yeah yeah definitely yes. definitely and so yeah it was quite nice having a, d- a number of different types to choose from i was actually quite keen for a while to try some bollywood ones because because i've enjoyed my trips to bollywood recently but yeah in the end we went for three fairly disparate fairly yeah hmm yeah, and I'm and I'm ready to talk about mine if you want me to dive in there. Well, dude. yes, I would like you to because I was this. We, we did sort of you know, mix these around a bit, but which one we were going to do is mm. the combo film, which one? And I uh, really quite wanted to watch your film. So I mean, I wanted to watch all three, but for some reason, I really wanted to watch yours as well. So mm. tell us what it was. Tell us what it was about, and most importantly, tell us what you thought of it. Well, the film I saw was from 1989, an era I'm very fond of, and it was yes, called me too. Teen Witch. Oh, get in. And um, the scuttlebutt on the internet is that this was definitely pitched and you know brought to market as a answer to Teen Wolf. Um, yes. And then sort of evolved it to become its own, to become something slightly different. In any event, yeah. it's a few years after Teen Wolf, which is obviously that Michael J. Fox movie. Anyway, it's about a high school misfit um, called Louise, who's not very popular. She's a bit dorky. She wears really bad clothes. And she, Sounds great. She covets the... Um, the body of uh, of the school jock and, um, oh, okay <laughs> and then um, uh, she learns that she's descended from witches uh witches mm. of salem and has inherited their powers and i think it's a little bit like uh in harry potter land as in she started to notice that she's got sort of certain weird powers anyway but uh, then okay. she, she goes to see stuff. um she goes to see zelda rubenstein you know from um from uh, oh poltergeist you know um, oh yeah. the tiny one yeah yeah awesome although, although i never really liked poltergeist so i know her from 16 candles as the um trip. yeah me too uh, yeah, yeah no i'm way way more affectionate about 16 candles yeah. than poltergeist. just a little bit anyway um uh so she goes to see her and there's a kind of quite cool scene with loads of really ridiculous lightning and stuff and she becomes essentially a witch you know she has this she finds this medallion um it's not a medallion but a kind of necklace charm thing which yeah. seems to give her extra powers she's given a book of spells and in a sort of a bit like a zapped type film where you know mm. first she starts using her powers to get revenge on on um on, you know, people that are cruel to her, nasty yeah, to her, yeah. but also she she wi- cheerleader types. I mean, this as a witch, she has a ludicrous amount of power because she just sort of <laughs> wishes for popularity more or less and does get it, and 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 that's and that's basically that's. Why just, are you saying the witches can't be powerful, Johnny? No, it's just it's, they're so powerful. You know, like when superhero movies where they give the superheroes a bit too much power, yeah, it yeah. becomes a problem. It's just like. She seems to ha- be able to do anything in some ways. I mean, she doesn't fly around. It's, this is low budget nonsense, but anyway. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean that that that's the setup, and um, uh, and, and yeah, I, I'm going to. What's the payoff? Well, <laughs> well I'm going to tell you. Um, okay, there is some really questionable acting. In- <laughs> oh, this is sounding great. Do you remember? Um, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, Invaders from Mars. Yes, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you remember how much we enjoyed the performance of the parents once they had been oh, taken over by the yes. the invasion of the body yeah, snatchers? Yeah, yeah, and they did yeah, this yeah. really good, creepy scene where they're just sort of eating burnt bacon and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was really it was in ways the highlight of the film. 
the parents in this who have not been overtaken by any force, they're just supposed to be parents, give a very similar performance. And it's really freaky. Whenever this girl's mum or dad are in the room, it's just, yeah, there's something weird about it. But the weird thing as well is that Louise's father in this, Frank, is played by Dick Sargent, who in 6972 played... um, He was in Bewitched. So it's just oh, a, yeah, 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 yeah. A nice little sort of witch factoid for you there. Oh, nice. I'll tell you a few things I like. So the very first thing you hear is a very get into the groove knockoff type song. Sounds very much uh-huh. like Second String Madonna. Um, and I really enjoyed that because it's a dream sequence with the, of, of Louise is just having a dream about this bloke that she fancies. Yeah. And it, it's it very soon you get you, you realize where you are. There's this hilarious cheerleading scene and there's this awful actress who plays the sort of drama teacher who's just got really really curly hair just very strange and she's got this really the main girl Louise has got this really irritating little brother who's played by Joshua John Miller does that name ring any bells with you no I don't think so okay well he was also a a little kid in Near Dark um, which would have been this is 89 so this Near Dark would have been the year before this 87 isn't Near Dark I think so, yeah. But either way, Joshua John Miller, he's about our age. He's from our generation. But he co-wrote yeah. The Final Girls. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, how very cool. I know, but he is insanely bad in this. He's, but it's, there's awesome. something... It's, it's, it, I'm going to cut to the review. This is a Zed. It's definitely oh, a yes. Zed. Oh, I can't believe I missed a Zed. <laughs> it's so bad. It is so much fun. I can't believe I missed a Zed. It is so... There's a Zed. The whole point of our Zed choice, people, we do A to E, but Zed is reserved for things when they're bad in an enjoyable way. This is so enjoyably bad, and it is so bad. It's oh, just the props no. are terrible. The, the acting is, is really bad at sometimes, but but the, the outfits... I'm tempted to stop this recording right now and go and watch it. <laughs> the outfits are amazing. Honestly, I genuinely mean this. If people who are into fashion, particularly 80s fashion, should watch this film because the outfits across the board are stunning. And like, so there's this amazing transformation. So she starts sort of exercising her powers and it's all fairly stupid, fun stuff. Like I say, it reminds me of films like Zapped. That level of stupidity. There's a bit where she does this sort of voodoo thing on this nasty teacher where she sort of takes his clothes off in the voodoo doll and it makes the teacher actually take his clothes off as he's talking. It's so ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. Great. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, but there's this bit when she sort of has this great transformation from the dowdy, um, rather frumpy-looking girl into yeah. the popular girl that she becomes through the second third of the film and she looks amazing her outfit is just unbelievable it's just i mean it's literally the definition of 80s it's incredible and i really is it sort of quite a witches of eastwick kind of yeah um, yeah it's got that big shoulder pads and oh massive shoulder pads honestly you could eat your dinner off them they're they're unbelievable (laughs) but the um but there's also like so there's this kind of like pop star that they go and see at one point and she was played by oh cindy oh she was someone Sorry, I wrote this down. No, no, it's Cindy Valentine or something. I've I've written down the name. But the point is that anyway, she co-wrote a couple of the songs that are in this movie. I I just looked her up and some of her other credits as like a composer and performer on films. She was in Repossessed in 1990, Mannequin 2 on the move in 1991, (laughs) and Another Nine and a Half Weeks in 97. Oh my God. I know, isn't that cool? That is an absolute CV of doom. I know, I know. And I've got a couple of other cool facts for you. Okay, so for a start... 
when you meet uh, Zelda Rubenstein in this creepy sort of Victorian house, apparently that house, that creepy house, is the same house where Michael Jackson turned into a werewolf in the Thriller video. Oh, wow. That is cool. Um, that is cool. The love interest, uh, Brad, is played by a bloke mm. called Dan... Now, I want to say Gauthier. G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. Gauthier? Gauthier? Ga- yeah. I'm not sure. But the point is that he ended up... So in this... There's a love rival, you know, the the one who's not who's already a popular girl. But the point is, yeah, in yeah. real life, he ended up with her, which I think is rather sweet. She's called Lisa oh. Fuller, so I think that's kind. Of, and they met on this movie and fell in love on this movie. Oh, and, and uh, oh, do you remember that Levi's oh. ad? That Levi's ad where the guy takes off his trousers and then uses them to tow a broken down car. Does oh. that ring any bells? Not <laughs> okay. massively. Oh, it did with me. Oh, well, forget it then. But anyway, oh, he he's in this. <laughs> oh, and Lisa Fuller, <laughs> by the way, was um, in Monster Squad as well, one of your favourites. That's why I know the name. Mm. Is, she the, uh, is she the young girl? Yeah. Is she Phoebe? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's why I know the name. Yeah. Anyway, she ended up with Brad from this film. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I think... Oh, the, I mean, basically, I mean, that's it, dude. There are so many hilarious scenes. I really recommend you watch it. I, I want to hear what you think. I mean, it's just... And and I'm sorry, I'm normally very hot on my best line, worst lines. Yeah. There are too many. <laughs> it's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's the, there's no oh, point. Sweet. You just need to go and watch oh, it. Cool. And I have two words for you. Impromptu rap. There are several points in this film oh. where there are impromptu rap and dance sequences, and they are off the scale. <laughs> They're really good. Oh, I can't, can't <laughs> wait to watch this movie. I'm so excited. There's a sex education scene, like randomly dropped in the film, a sex education <laughs> scene, which has a whole room full of people chanting, condom, 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 for no reason. <laughs> it's really weird. This sounds brilliant. Oh, dear. You've got to see it. It's a definite Z. It's awesome. I'm so happy I saw it. Oh, I'm so unhappy. Well, I'm so happy I've got it ahead of me. <laughs> I'm just going to get this podcast edited and then I'll uh, slap it on my train journey. That sounds awesome. Oh, I'm yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, condom. <I'm>... Condom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny you should, you should chance upon the sex dead thing because... Um, my movie mm. is um, something which actually uh, also has a sex ed scene in. I mean, it's a coming-of-age <laughs> movie. It's at school. But uh, sex is a sort of central theme in it, although not in the way that you would maybe imagine. So uh, my movie is called Saved, with an exclamation mark at the end of it. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. It's all coming so back. So this is um, what we thought from the outside was a very Christian coming-of-age sort of tale. Yeah. It's a faith film, yeah. Um, so, essentially, the plot... It has. Before I kick this off, this has got a stellar young cast. So, it's from 2004. So, our main heroine is Jenna Malone, who I've got a huge amount of time for. Who's she? So, she is the... Um, I've suddenly forgot her name, but in Donnie Darko, she's the girl who comes to... School oh, of course. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. It's her. And later in The Hunger Games and many, many mm-hmm. other things. I think she's fab. Yeah, she's a really big, big Joan Alone fan. Um, and it's got Mandy Moore. Oh, yes. Know her. Yes. Um, good. You know, sort of teen mm. pop person who is surprisingly good at the old acting. Um, and you've got Patrick Fugit, 
who is the kid in Almost Famous. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the main, you know... Yes, yes, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's all coming back, yep. Um, And you've got Macaulay Culkin before he started looking all drawn and scraggly. Oh, really? Yeah. 2004. On top of that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, yeah. So on top of that, you get Mary Louise Parker as well, who I love. Okay, yeah. Um, And she plays Jenna Malone's mum, and they look so very similar. It's an excellent bit of casting. Anyway, so Jenna Malone is... uh, from From the top of the movie, you find out she's a sort of ultra Christian... In her holidays, she paints a massive sort of mural of Jesus for the school, and she goes to an extremely Christian high school where you know everyone does talk about God, and uh, you know it's run by a pastor who's kind of like quite street and has their first assembly, and it's like yeah, who's down with God and stuff like that, and you know, <laughs> um, and so it's all very sort of over the top, overblown, kind of like yeah, super religious Christian school. Um, just before she goes back to school, uh, she's got this sort of super Christian boyfriend and they, they have this thing where they tell each other secrets underwater. And uh, right. you don't... You, yeah, they just dive into the pool and say a secret. And you don't oh, know okay. what her secret is, but his secret underwater is she says, I think I'm gay. Which obviously is massive alarm bells and she sets out to help cure him. Oh, God. Um, which she decides that God wants her to actually sleep with him to cure him. Wow. Yeah. So she does that. Um, and someone sort of tells her that, you know, even if you technically lose your virginity, sort of Jesus can make it whole again kind of thing. So she just thinks, right, this is all by the board and I'm going to save him. And then it's the first day of school and her and her friends swing by his house and she knocks on the door to pick him up, and her, her father and his father and mother answer the door with a gay porn mag in their hand, <laughs> and they say, "We found this. He's going off to this sort of special religious boarding school where they, you know, can cure you of gayness." Oh my god! So she gets to school, and you know, she's part of the the, the quite hardcore clique of cool kids. You know, she's in this sort of um, vocal group. There's only four of them. Mandy Moore's her best mate. And Mandy Moore is, you know, very attractive and very, you know, she's like the head cheerleader type, but in a very Christian way kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And Patrick Fugit turns up, who's the pastor's son, who's been doing missionary work in Latin America. Um, He's quite (laughs) skatey and cool. And Macaulay Culkin is Mandy Moore's brother. So he's in a wheelchair and he just sort of, you know, scoots around and she brings him to school and she's very good about him. And there's also this Jewish girl called Cassandra. She's the only Jewish girl there and she's very rebel, rebel, rebel. So as the movie progresses, they're all being super Christian and then Jenna Malone starts throwing up in the morning and getting cravings and she does a pregnancy test and she realises that actually through her one encounter trying to save her boyfriend, she is pregnant. Wow. At this school for super Christians. <laughs> super Christians. Um, and it's all the whole movie is about her coming to terms with that, her coming to terms with uh, reconciling that with kind of her faith. Although it just basically sort of, you know, she immediately ditches everything basically. Right. When she realizes how judgmental people are. And Macaulay Culkin and the Jewish girl who's really rebelly hook up and she hooks up with them. So they form a sort of slightly alternate clique mm. to the, you know, super popular, super confident, super Christian. So did you say Macaulay Culkin's in a wheelchair in this? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What happened to him? Or is he born? Uh, I think he's born that way. He's just born right. with not working legs. Right. And 
Um, yeah, so they sort of end up in a classic sort of high school coming of age way at odds with the cool, um, you know, cool, beautiful, uh, popular people yeah. who Jenna Malone used to be part of kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's how that plays out and how she deals with being pregnant and uh, all, all the while the principal's slash pastor's son, Patrick Fugit, has kind of like fallen for Jenna Malone and keeps trying to go out with her. Right. And that, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, essentially. And so I, I kind of, um, uh, I was, it was interesting. I thought that going into it, this would be a very moralistic kind of mm. faith film. And what it actually was for at least the first two thirds is a really sharp, well, pretty sharp, really funny, you know, coming of age thing. It's yeah. really good. Really, I was, I was very surprised. In the end third, it gets a little bit muddied and softens itself up a bit. And what do you mean? It gets sort of gooey. Do you mean? Yeah, there's one really sort of gooey. One of they couldn't resist a gooey montage, mm. and they do descend into using Travis at one point for music, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> but um, but it's actually really quite funny. Macaulay Culkin's great. Mandy Moore's great. Jen Malone's great. Um, they're just a, it's a really good cast doing really well with some really good material. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, and, wow. But it it, it it feels like a kind of Donnie Darko-ish, Heathersy kind of vibe to it in many ways. Oh wow! And. Um, not as violent or as or as nasty or as weird, but no. that sort of counter culture thing. Um, you know, a little bit like bit like Mean Girls. It's that not. Kind I mean, it's what I was going to just cut in is just to say it. It, it doesn't sound like a faith film. It sounds well, like it, a coming what, what, of age film more than a faith film in a way. Um, so my two notes on it were that like this is not taking teen Christianity very seriously, mm. but I do hope that this does take Christianity seriously because what it, it, I think it's a very Religion's a very easy, lazy target. Mm, you know, you could just just go, yeah, look at the kooks kind of thing. And it doesn't. It does at the end bring it round to how she still deals with you know her faith, which I kind of approve of. Mm. Like, and it obviously does hype it all up to eleven. But the whole idea is, you know, yeah. these you know you see it. We don't have the experience of it in this country, but you do see on the you know the news. And I know people from sort of very Bible belty parts of the states who say you know it's there's the super Christian thing at schools and mm. it can be pretty hardcore. Um, it, it hasn't sort of sold out the whole thing. It isn't just, you know, taking easy broadsides at something. Mm. It goes, you know, I'm going to deal with this and in a, in a in a manner of like, you know, obviously people believe in this and so does she. So, yeah, and it does, you know, it has a reconciliation. It might be a little bit mushy, mm. but actually it's, it's a really, really watchable mm. teen coming of age kind of movie with some great bloody lines in. And there's some awesome bits with like Mandy Moore trying to exercise <laughs> Jenna Malone, which is really funny. And there's this there's this great line where uh oh yeah, so so Macaulay Culkin and his girlfriend Cassandra both they're 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 eating at this sort of outdoor cafe kind of thing and they see Jenna Malone come out of the planned parenthood clinic. Right. So this is my there's some good lines, but this is I think my best best line. line. The girlfriend goes, Oh, we know why she's here. There's only one reason Christian girls come down to the Planned Parenthood. And Macaulay Culkin says, yeah, she's planting a pipe bomb. <laughs> she's like, no, okay, two reasons. <laughs> well, I thought that was really quite funny. Yeah. And it's really, it's, yeah, and that's, sort of, that's, the, that's the kind of tone of the whole thing. Relatively irreverent, brings it all around. Yeah. Nicely done. A solid, it's a tricky one. Is it a C plus? Is it a B minus? I'm going to be kind and say it's a B minus. Wow. 
Wow, yeah, that, that that that's good. I don't think it's a great end. Although, mm. you know, it ends it ends as it should because it ends at the prom. Right. Oh, good. Yeah, exactly. And it ends at the prom, which is, you know, that's where it should be yeah. and, you know, all sorts of nefariousness gets. So it, it it follows all the conventions really well, and I just I I really enjoyed the first two thirds. Guess where Teen Witch ends? At the prom. Exactamundo. Oh, they don't actually call it prom, but they, at, at the big high school dance. They yeah. don't actually call it prom so much, but isn't that cool? Both our coming-of-age movies end at dances. Okay, so that is the two movies that we have watched independently of each other. We have a third film. We do. For uh, people who've just joined us for the first time on this podcast. There are 35 more to listen to if you uh, enjoy this. <laughs> um, that we have both watched and we can both give our input on. And that, Jono, is a movie called... Spike Island. Now, what is Spike Island? As if no, if people don't know what Spike Island is, Jono, give us a rundown of what Spike Island is. Well, Spike is. Island itself is a small island near Liverpool. but uh, Well, witness, isn't it? But the point is, it, yeah. it's the site of a legendary gig that a legendary band had in, in 1990. The Stone, the Stone Roses. Roses played at Spike Island in 1990. And it was... You know, it's been seen. Music journalists have, have. It's been written about as the defining moment of that generation, of that. Yeah, band, it's almost like the, the Isle of Wight festival, the old school exactly. Isle of Wight festival, that was, or like that's, Woodstock, that generation's yeah. thing, or Woodstock. It's kind of yeah, it's yeah. that sort of generation's thing. And um, and so, and the film is about this group of sort of ne'er do wells, misfits in a in a school who are in a band and yeah. want to get to the gig, Spike Island so that they can give the Stone Roses or Stone Roses manager, whatever, a demo tape. Their demo tape, yeah. And well, that well is initially, the just the their focus is, the focus is just they want to go to the gig. It's, yeah. a whole, it's a quest to go to the gig. And then they also realise after they record this one, sort of like, they record the song live once and they're so happy with it, they think, right, give this to the Stone Roses manager yeah. and uh, maybe... Well, they first come up with that idea you. because who's in this film from Game of Thrones, Benjamin? Um, uh, uh, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark is the yes. love interest in this film, and she suggests that they just hand the demo tape before they record the demo. In fact, ah, mm. it. anyway, oh, anyway, that. that's the idea. And and the very first thing you see is them all. Um, you you see, yeah, you hear um a drum intro which sounds a little bit like uh she bangs the drums, but isn't quite she bangs the drums yes. to begin with. And you see some guys climbing on top of a building, and then you realise. They fall through some stuff and then it breaks into full-on Stone Roses, She Bangs the Drums, and you see them basically graffiti their own school. And that's when you meet yeah. this group, these bunch of northern lads, Mancunian, ne'er-do-well lads, who were in a yeah. band. What's the name of the band again? Uh, Shadowcaster. Shadowcaster, which sounds much better when said with a northern accent, I think. Yes. Because it's Shadowcaster, isn't it? And then we... Shadowcaster yeah. sounds rubbish. Shadowcaster. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're, there's, a, there's a sort of rival band called the Palavas. Well. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I thought that was a really well-chosen name for a rival band, yeah. actually. Yeah, I quite Palava. like it. <laughs> the Palava. Yeah, um, so, yeah, it's all it's all set in sort of this mm. sort of, you know, school zone in mm. Manchester. They're the sort of, they're 16, they're 17, yeah. cusp of 18 kind of they're thing. They're northern scallies. Like, they're, like, tough but likeable, definitely yeah. ne'er-do-well. anti-authoritarian. Definitely. They've got fairly tough upbringings, like... Yeah. There's tortured stuff going on behind the scenes with dying fathers and mad fathers and the like, isn't there? And it all yeah, starts. I mean, it all gets started. So you see that paint that you, you you sort of meet them with them trashing their own school, and then they wake up and you learn that it's Friday the 25th of May 1990, which is two days before Spike Island. 
Yeah. And they're trying to get their tickets from a guy who lets them down. Mm. And then, you know, there are various people who say they can get there and then they, you know, end up traveling to Spike Island. They've got the journey to Spike Island and they've got what happens while they're at Spike Island. And then, yes, there's Amelia Clark in the mix as well, mm. who one of them is in love with, however she fancies someone else. Mm. And then there's, you know, teen smooching. Mm. Um, and, you know, yeah, it is very much there. Sort of, it's one of those... Whereas my um, movie Saved was a year-long, you know, or well, nine months of being pregnant kind of coming-of-age thing, this is very much a, a you know, um, a macrocosm, very fast, you know, yeah. coming-of-age. More like dazed fr- and confused lifelong, in that sense. More like dazed and confused, yeah, where lifelong friends fall out and new relationships are made mm-hmm. and realisations are come to and people die and people are born and, well, maybe no one's born, but... Um, <laughs> Yes, that sort of feeling though that just it is very macrocosmy kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, I agree. And um, the main guy, we should say, his nickname is Tits. He's yes. known as Tits. Um, yes, because he's called someone Titchfield or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. It? And his best mate, who's so they're be- he's the singer of Shadow Caster, and his yes. best mate is Dodge, who's the guitarist yeah. and so- and main sort of songwriter. Who's a sort of classic, sort of you know, tortured guitarist yeah, songwriter. A bit more type, intense. Just thinks he's the. Yeah, intense and thinks he's the you know, the real muso. And then they've got a particularly stupid mate who's on the drums. <laughs> yeah. Well, well um, cast though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you want to get to things that we liked and disliked about this? I mean, where do you want to put your cards on the table yet, or do you want to hold it back? Um. Well. Uh, <coughs> no, I'm going to have to put my cards on the table because we 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 looked at this and we thought this is going to annoy both of us because it's going to be very kind of posy both of us like the stone roses as a band a lot um uh, i came to them a bit later in life (laughs) when i met you basically (laughs) because i was very much full metal kid before then um but um you know the roses have been you know a big musical thing and it's from our generation it's kind of thing we go actually this is going to really annoy me Mm. and you know what it did yeah yeah Uh, i mean I, i pretty much hated 75% 75% of it like really hated it and I hated it even more for one thing but tell me what you think well I'm, I'm in a annoyingly I'm in a similar place yeah but uh, when I felt about it afterwards so when the dust had settled on watching it yeah I was thinking about why I didn't like it and I sort of came to the conclusion that it wasn't necessarily all the film's fault and okay. what I mean by that is that so I mean, I went on Amazon just to sort of see what, I, and it, it's got about 115 reviews, and it was its average was 4.5. Now, so you know, the point is that lots of people love this. It's got some really good reviews from journalists that I respect as well. Yeah, well, but I think, but it was equally some really bad reviews from other journalists that I respect. <laughs> yes. And and the thing is, right? Okay, so this is some of the things I like. For a start, I genuinely liked quite a lot of the people that were in it, as in the actors. I thought they all did a perfectly good performance. I quite like. I thought some I, were better than others. So do I. But I quite like their faces. You know, I quite like things like that. Yeah. I, I didn't mind them as a screen presence. What I didn't like was them, the people they were playing, and it they was were horrible. So, they, and it the, the, they were horrible. <laughs> there was nothing likable about their characters whatsoever. There was no sort of slightly soft side. And maybe that's people go. Well, that's what it was like. That was the Manchester way. But it just. They were just. I can't understand why anyone would like them. Yeah, and I think it was because. I, I felt like it was trying too hard 
oh, to sort so of it was just, I mean it's try hard it was like they wanted to, yes. they wanted them they they wanted them to speak in a certain way and it just came across as sort of cliche and sort of parody there is there is one segment and I should have noted this down for mm. best line worst line because there is one segment where the writer had just got in love with Manchester slang oh, and yeah, like yeah, every yeah, yeah. second word was like dipped in it it was about five minutes in where it was like trying to go look how Manchester we are yeah it's exactly like, and really? I and I think that's the thing so it was almost became like um. You know, I know you don't. You never really went for it. But you know the comedy in betweeners. There's yeah. loads of sort of swears in that, and this almost felt like a northern in betweeners. You know, there was that's so, what I that's yeah, what I felt exactly. as well. And I don't like the in betweeners. No, so <laughs> no, 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 I did, but but I think yeah, I think I'm the only person who doesn't like the in betweeners after many conversations <clears> I've had. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I, I've I, my theory about things that make me laugh that much the first time I see it is that I notice that they never have the longevity. I never love them for yeah. a long period. And so I never rewatch the Inbetweeners anymore. Whereas I still rewatch certain other comedies. Anyway, let's not get sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. I think, right? Okay, a, a music-themed coming-of-age drama. Yeah. I enjoyed the more escapist fun that you get in Sing Street. And as a Stone Roses yes. fan, I much, much preferred the heart and soul and depth you get in Made of Stone. Because Made yeah, of yeah. Stone is fucking awesome I don't like swearing on this podcast <laughs> but it's just awesome everything about it is perfect I love it and this this film was just it was just a bit annoying and I think and I think they were just trying too hard to be Mancunian or something they were trying well too hard I, there's, there's something else see this is what this is what made me really kind of like really get annoyed with it because there's a point when I really started to warm to it mm. and I watched it in a couple of chunks because I watch it on my commute generally oh, right. and I was like oh well, yeah God, I can't, I, can't, I can't wait to get back to watching that mm. and then I realised exactly why and it just really annoyed me and it's because at the pivotal points in the scene they play some of the Stone Roses <laughs> best songs yeah. and actually just going through my head was these amazing songs by the Roses that I love and remind me of good times that we <laughs> shared and remind me of just loads of stuff and that is what was driving me thinking I liked this film and wanted to get back to it and actually no it was the music so they've co-opted this brilliant music by the Stone Roses to paper over the cracks in a very very mediocre film and that made me hate it yeah it? yeah, I, I, I agree I, I th- for me I actually really did quite like the scene when they record the demo. I thought that was quite... There was something about that. That's a decent... I'll give you that. That's a decent scene. And actually, that, that felt very much like in the great tradition of British films, like Brassed Off and stuff, when they, they record this demo that's cracking, and then you see outside there's some kids dancing yeah. to it. And that felt very much like... It, that it reminded me of the, some of the, the good vibe you get off um, the film Good Vibrations. Have you seen that one yet? No, I about haven't. Northern no. Irish punk scene. That's really, really yeah, good. Yeah, it's really good, but I haven't it's seen amazing. It. There's a bit when they go to a club and see Rudy playing big time. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, um, and I actually quite like the scene as well when I just quite like the, the baggy wannabes palaver. I did quite like that scene yeah. as well. But again, that was a scene with a whole load of unlikable people <laughs> running around. I don't know. There were, things, there were bits and bobs I liked, and I did come away with some respect for the people that made this. I genuinely did, but I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. Okay. Anyway, yeah, okay. Well, what are you giving it? I'm well, going to well, go for a D minus. Yeah, I was going to go for. I was going to go for a solid, just a simple D in the middle, mm. just a D. Okay. What, one thing I, th- I thought was interesting about this is um, is who financed it. Did you find that out? No. 
So the director, it would appear, I think might have either been at Uli with or somehow has come across, but I think he was at Uli with Coldplay. Oh, really? So Coldplay fun- founded, a, founded a bunch of this. They, they, they chucked a bunch of their cash oh, into right. this movie. They did into his previous movie as well. The, the one I before, you... the, the directors before this did Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, didn't he? The Ian yes. film that I've not seen. Yeah, yeah. Yet. So they chucked a bunch of cash into that. Too. Right. Yeah. Um, but interesting enough, I don't know. See, I don't. I personally am not one of those people who hates on Coldplay. I think no, they've, they've, they're fine. They've done well, but I can imagine the Roses probably really hate Coldplay, <laughs> yeah. and I can imagine the kids in this film would really, really, <laughs> yeah. really hate Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just sort of the antithesis of everything. They're oh, that's, about. that's another but, thing. They use "She Bangs the Drums" and this is the one in the first five minutes. Yeah. I mean, hold back, please. I know. I know. I know. I know. Idiots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So D territory, but have, have we again, mentioned we both... have we mentioned Tim Wheeler out of Ash? No, because oh, he 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 was a musical supervisor on this film, and he wrote the song that was the band song. Oh, did he? Is he called Tim Wheeler? Is that his name? The bloke out of yeah, Ash? Yeah, I think it's Tim Wheeler. Okay, I don't know. I have to fact check. I've been snowboarding with him. It's very nice. Oh, really? I thought you looked quite yeah. nice. But anyway, yeah, he wrote yeah. that song, which is called like 10, 10 Mile Smile" or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, it's all right. um, Do you have a best line, worst line? No, I just got. I was going to write down all the annoying bits of um, Manchester slang at the beginning <laughs> yeah, of my last line, and then I just. I, there's actually, funnily enough, my 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 only sort of best line, worst line is out of complete and utter um, disregard for the for the meaning of this feature. Mm-hmm. It, but it's purely there's a point where he goes, "Oh, you've gnawed it up," <laughs> yeah. and and for me, like. The only time I've ever heard anyone else say "Norsed it up" is Basher in Ocean's <laughs> yeah, Eleven. I was going right I've up. never heard that. It's like, oh, that's where that slang comes from. And then I really, really wanted to um, find um, what's his face mm. and sit him down and go, "You realise you've just you've done the equivalent of having a heavy New York accent, but said y'all in the middle of it." I also was going to write down some of the irritating slang, but I didn't. Yeah, it was just a bit too painful. No. Palava was the so, best thing okay. about it. Great name for a, yes. for a baddie band, Palava. Yeah, yeah great name for Yeah. <laughs> so, in short, ignore this. Yeah. But definitely watch Teen Witch. And watch Saved. If you if you like a teeny coming-of-agey drama and you're interested in something a bit different from it, watch Saved. Yeah, do that. Definitely watch Teen All Witch, right. no doubt about it. It's freaking awesome. Oh, God, I'm doing that tonight. <laughs> you I'm do. joking. Everyone should. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Hmm. Can't wait. Okay, so next time, I next mean, time, next time on, we watch anything. Oh yeah, what, going, what we do, is it? Your, it's your choice, isn't it? It's my choice. I think we're going to go to war. Yay! Possibly a bit prescient with. Oh god, don't say that. British Russian <laughs> relations at the moment. No, but um, war movies. No, Very yeah. excited. We've never touched war. war movies before, and I grew up no, loving war, I war movies. You did. I didn't. You see, but then you know, you you watch the the classics growing up, mm. uh, like you know, Dan Busters, and I did actually grow up loving Where Eagles Dare, yeah, and uh, Force Ten from Navarone and Guns Navarone. I love oh. that. So I'm going to see what, what I can done. find in if the war chest. Hopefully, human being. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> hopefully, it's not all sort of um, very well known, big budget stuff. No. Uh, so we'll see what we can find, and we'll we'll have a crack at that. I think Hacksaw Ridge but, um, is on there. It is, yeah. it is. But until then, <laughs> if you've got a suggestion, if you disagree with us, if there's anything you want to say, Twitter is your friend. It's your best friend, really. We have lots of friends. We have Gmail, 
wewatchanything@gmail.com. We have Facebook, facebook.com/slash/wewatchanything. But Twitter at wewatchanything will get to us right quick. Um, and if you're bored, just pop onto iTunes, mm. leave us a review. Do that. Until next time, then, Jono. Until next time, Benjamin. Keep listening out there. Yeah, sorry. We'll keep watching in here. My energy levels have suddenly gone down because I'm feeling sad. (laughs) Bye, dude. It's lovely to see you. Bye, everyone. I thank you for listening. Um, Bye, all. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.